It's a wireless controller. We can do it from anywhere. I don't believe you. Okay. <laughs> I'm the driver. Get Besides, it? you know, people freak out about change. It has been a disaster. Without me, really? Oh, you know, Not necessarily without you, but just in just, general. Oh, since we general. began. Oh, okay. just another. Disaster. Ever since we started this this group, this, this channel. Yeah, the, even the channel is that yeah. you talking about the channel or the videos that we make? Just everything. Okay. Well, I got to pee, uh, and that means I got to wait an hour. That's okay, though. Lawrence, scoot this way. Did yeah. you test this game before uh, nope. starting it? Nope. Right, well, here we go. It installed, and here we go. If All not, right. we'll just play Battlefront again. That's fine. I fucking love Battlefront. Oh, there we go. How bad? Oh, who, who likes oh. that? Oh. And I can't see anything. You get to uh. race around the Ibiza track. Oops. There we go. Perfect. Perfect. Should have saved it. was found. Yeah, no shit. Oh, taking off the sweatshirt. Oh. Get warm. Hey, oh. hey, don't forget. Uh, before we start the podcast, mm -hmm. uh, Dude Soup Live on Friday. I meant to remind you guys. It's sold yeah. out. Yeah, I, I know yeah. that it's sold out, but I meant to remind you guys because I don't want you to forget that we have to be there. I think our name will be on the marquee as well. Yeah, I was I was in the middle of planning a uh, a shitty Christmas special. Is that your spine? Shitty Christmas special party this weekend, and then I realized, oh wait, we have a, a live dude soup, and then we're flying to Austin to be part of the. So nowhere in there is there time to. Do you Watch bad Christmas specials. Do together. you think that if Mark Wahlberg was going to perform with his band Mark at a Wahlberg? venue, what's the name of the Wally band? and the Wahlbergs? They would, they would, he would. There would be a marquee, marquee, Mark, Mark, marquee, marquee, Mark, Mark, featuring Marquee. a marquee, Mark, featuring Mark, Marquee, featuring Marquee, bunch featuring Biz Marquee on the marquee. <laughs> this podcast is off to a great start. Ugh, gross. Welcome to Marquee Bola, dude. Soup. It's got crazy pecs and good vibrations. All throughout the bowl. Love that song. Yeah, right. Feel it, feel it. It's actually pretty legitimate. I mean, it, it's it's like shitty hip hop pop, but it's pretty it's pretty good. This episode to do it seems brought to you by Comic Bento. Oh, Comic Bento. Hold on a second. Comic Bento. Oh, you got a comic. It's a comics by mail service. They gave us a sample one, and it's cool because uh, well, basically every month they'll they'll ship you like yeah, three or four it. trade paperbacks. The thing I like about cool. it is so they sent us the original run of Contest of Champions, which is pretty. I think it's the original, the one from the eighties. Uh, but anyway, uh, since comic book culture's taken off, it might be a cool way for you to, like, bone up on classic comics. Uh, they also had, like, the first Penny Arcade trade paperback in there, which is... Hmm. It's just a big nostalgia bomb, really, to go back and look at all the, old, all the old comics again. Or, if you're maybe a little younger, you can catch up. And then, whenever you go see uh, Ant-Man 2, you can say, You know, uh... <laughs> in the arc in the 80s, that didn't happen. <laughs> so you can be that guy. That's very exciting. I know so that thank guy. you, <laughs> Thank you, Comic Bento, for your sponsorship. We'll hear a little more from them later. Uh, this this podcast is also sponsored by Mac Weldon, Woo. who sell fine underwears. Yes, they uh, yeah, there they are. James is wearing them. Nice. Pull them out. Ooh, nice platform or nice uh, pattern too. Here. Gross. Uh, but uh, it's a great idea for stocking stuffers and everything like that. We're coming up on it, and unless you want to be that shithead who doesn't get your friends anything for Christmas, you should uh, start considering what to buy them. Can we call them cocking stuffers? Nice. Ooh, that's holy shit, Bruce. That's nice. perfect. That's real good. But they sell underwear, they sell socks, they sell shirts. They're all antimicrobial, finely made. Uh, man, so I went, I went the first ten year, ten years of my adult life wearing the shittiest underwear I could possibly afford. <laughs> and the first time you strap on some some luxury underwear, your whole life will change. <laughs> so, uh, and they want you to be comfortable. So even if you don't like your first pair, you can keep it, and they'll refund you, no questions asked. So they're pretty confident in their product, and because of that, you should trust them. Uh, go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off your order using promo code DUDESOUP, which is, uh, it's pretty generous, to be honest, and just flat 20% off the top. Just use our code, DUDESOUP. That's MacWeldon.com, code DUDESOUP. Treat your underwear, treat your, uh, treat your genitals right, and, uh, treat your friend's genitals right with a present from Mac Weldon. Cocking stuffers. There you go. 
Okay, so let's see here. Uh, first up on the discussion, System Shock 3 is happening. And you all are very excited, I know! Wait, System Shock, I thought we were talking about Half-Life. System Shock 3! I thought we were, thought we were gonna talk about Half-Life. That's Half a 3 that is happening! Fuck Half-Life! Uh, <laughs> wait, so why are we excited about System Shock 3? Because System Shock 2 was one of the best games ever made. Sure. Except it was made by, uh, Looking Glass slash Irrational, and that company doesn't exist Who, anymore. Who's making System Shock 3? Uh... Ooh. Is it Ken Levine? No. Oh, no, it see, is not. Oh they sold the rights to it. Uh, it's other... Oh, the website's not coded for mobile, so it's covering up the logo! I never played... I never other played Side played Entertainment. System Shocks, did you? Uh, no. Uh, I mean, I, I'm familiar with the repu reputation, basically too. as, like, a spiritual prequel to Bioshock. <laughs> look at those! Look at that physics! Um, but I've never actually played them. Adam, so I don't, I, you're not I mean, taking this seriously at all. <laughs> it's like, no, you can't do that. Uh, anyway, that's not the real discussion topic. I just oh. love System Shock, so I said it out loud. Oh, okay. okay, good. Uh, I, I was kind of surprised because Ken Levine's been pretty quiet. Yeah. Um, after they shut down the Irrational. Mm -hmm. yeah. Are they pseudo? I don't know what's going on with it. Irrational's still technically a company, but it's. Yeah. it's like I don't small, think there are many people still employed there. Yeah, which is sad. Uh, Last friend, I heard, it was like 15. I had a friend who was a writer on. Uh, Bioshock Infinite. And now he's gone. He is gone. He doesn't work there anymore. It's sad. Where does he work? Uh, I think he's freelance. I actually I try to keep up with him. He used to work at Volition. Oh. Good guy. Well, it's a bummer, too, because my understanding is Irrational moved offices halfway through Infinite's development. Oh, did And they? my understanding is that most people there were like, oh, oh, well, you know, it's a big move, but uh, this studio is going to be around for a while. We're about to ship Infinite. It's going to be a huge game. And then they, game they dev happens. Get out! And they shipped it and That's then take them out. Ken Levine so, was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, so I kind of assumed that, like, oh, they're gonna do System Shock 3, but then, yeah, I forgot they sold the rest. I don't know that that's stuff. what he was like. I do. I, I just know. like to imagine that every game developer is petulant and has, like, a whiny voice. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I'm Ken Levine! <laughs> we do what I want! He's got kind of a nasally voice. He's old nasally. What? He's, no, he's, like, he's, super deep and like rich. Guy. Oh, man. No, he sounds like this. But it's this so... is how Ken Levine sounds. You think? Yeah. Nah, not huh. as nasally. Basically, exactly that. God, we sound, we sound like weird video game groupies. Know, Shut that's up. That's what we yeah. are, Adam. Let's talk about the other thing. Phil Spencer's so hot right now. All right, here's the other thing. Uh, Half-Life 2 Episode 4. Yeah, what happened to that? Uh, or Return to Ravenholm, as it used to be called. Mm -hmm. Still canceled. Still totally not coming out. <laughs> Long dead. Weird. But uh, an environment artist, I think, shared some screenshots. So, cool. you know, like hope springs eternal. Yeah, not except really it concerned with that franchise. Yeah, it was weird, right? Yeah. Well, they canceled. I mean, that was like back in two thousand seven. They canceled this game. Yeah. I, well, it was in development back then. I don't remember when. Like it, it was kind of quietly canceled. I don't know when it officially was dead because nobody ever really. It was never really announced. I don't know. It's tough. I'm gonna say it's kind of like the Don Quixote of video games. <laughs> like it's the it's the game that can never be made. It's never yeah. really oh. canceled, but there's always some unexplained phenomenon that happens where they're like, "Hey, let's make it." They're like, ah, "Gabe wants us to make VR," and they're like. Yeah, well, we're gonna make VR, yeah. so let's do that instead. If yeah. there's one thing we've learned about the video game industry, almost any media for that matter, but things don't ever get canceled entirely, That's forever. True. That's true, yeah, they could bring Half-Life 2 Episode ooh, 4 back in years. And they're You're intellectual dead. properties that have value, so... Oh, no. Oh, you lost your wheels. How do you get a new wheel? You, you don't, it's Rally, dude. Why are you racing as Mr. Bean? I don't know. <laughs> Why do I have two people in this car? It's classic. Because you got tells, a co-driver, yeah, dude. Yeah, one tells you where the turn's Gosh, coming like up. That's you don't know anything been talking about to you the whole time. You're not listening to him. So I was I'd rather talk about Half Life. Oh yeah, I was interested in Lawrence. And oh. That video from Valve time because Valve time they got these screenshots. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, were Were they hopeful that the game was going to come no. out? No. No. It's okay. It's very definitively not ever happening. Uh, Mark Laidlaw said as much in 2012. Uh, Lambda Generation wrote to him and he wrote back because he's a cool dude. Um, and uh, this is the they posted the text in full. Uh, let's see here. 
He says, uh, we are big fans of Arcane, wanted to come up with a project we could work on together. Yeah. We threw ideas around, they built some cool stuff, but we eventually decided that it didn't make sense to pursue it at the time. As I recall, we felt like a lot of the staples of Ravenholm, head, crabs, and zombies, were pretty much played out, and the fact that it would have to take place sometime before the end of Episode 2, so as not to advance beyond where Valve had pushed the story, mm. was a creative constraint that would hamper the project and Arcane. So this vibe's kind of mm. with our story that Half-Life 3 is cancelled, um, because that we heard indefinite hiatus. I'm sorry, indefinite yeah. hiatus. We heard that that stuff was happening in 2009. Oh, so, wow. like, my guess is Valve was just sort of like, all right, well, we're gonna move on and do other things. And you know, like, I, we think it's really cool what Arcane is doing, and we like had sort of started work on. Uh, That's before they were acquired by Bethesda. Oh, Arcane. I yeah. think so, right? Yeah. 2012. No, yeah. no, no. I think. Was there a time when they weren't? Acquired by Bethesda? Uh, back when they did uh, Majesty of Heroes, Might and Magic, whatever, oh, whatever yeah. freaking game they used. Dark, the, uh, Dark Messiah of Might Dark, and Magic. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. The one where you kick people into Well, because that was using Spikes. the... Uh, that was used... They, that they was made the game using right? the Source Engine. Yeah. yeah. And that was Ubisoft, because they have the Might and Magic. Either way, it was Arcane, and then Arcane was acquired, and then they made Dishonored, which is using the Unreal Engine. Not that it really matters what engine they fucking use, but... Um, they clearly had done some stuff with Source, so yeah, it made yeah, sense. I mean, like, so, like, all that stuff was happening, and I think Valve... It wasn't like Valve shut it all down, it was just more of like... Well, we're gonna move on and do other things. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like in the meantime, let's just put this on hiatus. Yeah. yeah. You ever like make uh, tentative plans with a friend? Yeah. And they never really go through, and you're right. kind of like, oh man, I you got this thing. Tell they're not really that enthusiastic. I got this, and then before you know it, it's the year has passed, and then you just kind of you're like, well, I'm busy with this. The other guy's like, yeah, I'm busy with this too, and then you just move on with your life. I like to think that our story that we put out <laughs> three months ago, four months ago, finally. Put an end to all the Half-Life Three rumors. Oh, I don't it think didn't. it did. Oh, no, it didn't. God, no. no. I think. Sure about that? Yeah, I'm, I'm positive. You Come on, no. I'm positive. You can't I thought kill that hope. we did that. No, nah. no, no, no. Okay, no, no. it's are still it's, going. It's a strange thing because, yeah, we we did that story. We did a tour of Valve. Like we went and saw the place. Everyone there's very busy. Yeah. We're all working. <laughs> Every screen was either Dota or uh, CS:GO, CS:GO, and or HTC Vive stuff. Yeah. Well, we saw every. Well, I mean, we saw. Yeah, they every. own they own three of the biggest games and also the biggest digital distrib distribution platform on yeah. the internet. I mean, maybe there was a secret room where they were working on a sequel to this game, but maybe. it more more or less confirmed what we 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 all knew. But it's it's that weird thing where like something will pop up on a Jira ticket and people are like, "There it is, it's being made." You're like, "Yeah, nah. you're right. You're you know you're right." It'll, it'll be out next year. The cancer kid saw it. Well, the thing, yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, he saw Left 4 Dead yeah. three. The thing is, though, is that at that point, like, yeah, they worked on this stuff, so the, it exists, mm -hmm. and it did exist back then, but right now, nobody's on it. So mm -hmm. uh, there you go. Like, that's, that's just what's happening. I'm discovering this thing more and more about humans. The, it's a weird thing of just talking to people. If, if, I, if you want to do something, Bruce, and I'm in agreement, for whatever reason, you as a person will all of a sudden think, well, maybe I don't want to do that. But if you were like, hey, let's go do this thing, and go, I don't really want to do it. Now all of a sudden there's this sort of pressure for oh, you I see, yeah. to want to put, it's a weird thing how our minds work, where you say no and you your brain says yes. I don't know, it, it's a strange, we're I think weird. it's a personality trait, actually. Some people yeah. are like that, where like if you tell them they can't do it, they're like, fuck you, I'm going to do it. Yeah. yeah, so if a bunch of people are saying, you need to make this, you need to make this, now all of a sudden there's this pressure. But mm -hmm. if a lot of people are like, they can't make Half-Life, or like, I don't really care about Half-Life, now all of a sudden there's this like pressure to right. make, or there's lack of pressure, now you're, you're more driven. Yeah. To create you something. You want to prove them wrong. Yeah, exactly. It's, I don't know. I, I feel like that was, maybe that's what happened with Valve, where there were so many people saying, oh, I can't wait, you're going to do so, such good work, and they're like, I don't really want to do this. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you, created, you created the world's best game ever. Now do it again. Yeah. And they're like, no. Uh, we'll do something else. Yeah, well, let's just, we're going to mess around with some other ideas. They now. did that with Half-Life 2. Like, uh, everyone, well, 
the, the PC community basically was like, holy shit, Half-Life is amazing. Hmm. Half-Life 2 has to be the best game ever. <laughs> or it wasn't, it has to be, they're saying it, w it will be. Yeah, well, yeah, you're, you're basically right. Uh, and I think, to Half-Life's credit, and I've said this before, but I think it's not appropriately celebrated that that game wasn't a massive disappointment. The fact that it met expectations, I think, is mm -hmm. incredible. Yeah. Uh, and then the episodes one and two basically did the same thing. Episode two, I think, was was really phenomenal. <laughs> really phenomenal. I think I really do believe. Like I, I think that the the expectation might be part of it. I do think to a larger degree, and you can kind of see if you read between the lines a little bit. Um, they basically said, okay, we don't want Arcane to to make a new side story, and and have to worry about hinting or pushing past where we've put the story. Which basically already says, we're not pushing the story forward anymore. Well, these are like the Star Wars expansion movies they're making right now. So it's like oh, Rogue yeah. One versus the they're Force They're all flashbacks? Awakens. Yeah, they're all sort of like side stories. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of what they were doing back in 2007, 8, and 9. Valve was like, yeah, cool, Half-Life, let's do lots of really cool Half-Life stuff. And then the company took a different direction. Yeah. So I think, you know, like that's what we're seeing. That's what we always see, like the Half-Life 3 and the Jira ticket or like these screenshots is that they were doing that and they sort of realized, oh, wait a minute, like, we got we got our finger on the pulse of something else that's way cooler, or you know, like we'll make more money for the company or whatever, or both. Totally, or totally. just something that creatively sparks an interest. Yeah, more. So, like, yeah. oh, this portal game's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. this, you know, mods are pretty cool. Oh, like VR is a cool thing, you know, or whatever. Gabe's making like a cooking salt stick shaker or whatever <laughs> it is. Cooking stick, <laughs> cool <laughs> cooking stick. It's it's a that that has, nothing, has nothing to do with that. Well, I thought it was funny. Tell, tell us what a sous vide is, please. Oh. He's making. A, he, uh, Gabe is making or is investing in a tool that allows you to uh, immersively cook meats at a very low temperature for a very long time. He's not making it, by the well, way. Well, he's investing in. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then uh, and That's then what Gabe Neal cares about. Psychonauts. Too. Properly cooked name? meat. Uh, Eric. Sure? Eric. Uh, Wolpaw. Wolpaw. He's writing Psychonauts too. Yeah. Like that. What a cool fucking company that they can do that. Where he's like, hey, I want to. Take some time off to go write a sequel to a game yeah. that's uh, getting you know kickstarted or whatever on Fig. Well, and and if it's pretty rad, and and this is pure speculation, but I would also think that like Eric, Eric goes to his bosses, or oh, who well doesn't have bosses, so never mind. <laughs> um, but no, even though in the video they jokingly, <laughs> he's like, "Can I go, Gabe?" And he's like, "Yeah." <laughs> but uh, a, a conversation probably happened like that, where Eric was like, "I like writing narrative games. Like, I want to write a narrative." And sure, we have narratives behind Dota, and we have narratives behind Team Fortress, but it's not the same. And and like writing writing copy for websites is fun, and writing web comics is fun, but I want to write a game again. Can I go do that, please? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, sure. Yeah, sure. I mean, we're not using it for Half-Life, so what the fuck, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just pissing off so many people right now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, people. Nope. I want Half-Life as well! Oh. Dearly, I love well, those games. That's actually, that's kind of my hope. I, I think, I, I'm hoping we're getting to this level we of transparency. We got Wolfenstein, though. I would, I would love to get to this level of transparency where Valve can just come out and go, look, we don't, we're not gonna make it, we didn't want to make it, oh, but we would that. love to shop it out to someone else. Like, Similar to Star Wars, where George Lucas shouldn't be making Star Wars anymore. We, we've learned that. J.J. Um, Abrams, though, he's a Star Wars fan. I'm kind of excited to see what he does with it. And then Rogue One and all these other guys who are working on these, you know, uh, the guy from Looper, for example, Ryan Johnson. Like, mm -hmm. all these guys who are clearly, like, big fans of the series and they actually understand what makes Star Wars Star Wars. Yeah. At least I hope. Um, are, I, I imagine the franchise is in good hands. I would love to see another developer or just, like, a group of guys or maybe even, like, a smaller team break off of Valve. And make Half-Life games. That well, would be pretty cool. So, so theoretically, that's almost what happened. Yeah, I was insane. Game was yeah. doing that. And then it got shut down for the reasons we heard, which is that uh, I guess Valve wants ownership over the the progression of the plot. 
Um, so then you're you're limiting game developers to making side stories, which you know Gearbox already did with Opposing Forces, but that was a long time ago. So I think sadly that dream is also dead because Arcane, like Arcane and Valve, basically couldn't find a way to to make it work. So I don't know. I don't know. I would like to believe personally. Um, the, the more time goes by, the less it hurts, and then, you know, Machine Games comes out with, like, Old Blood and New Order, and those are great single-player intensive narrative-focused games. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe, maybe just new games. Maybe I'll just play new games, because they're still being made, thank God. I was worried for a while there that single-player story-focused games would go away entirely. And I love them. I love them, that's, you know, that's what I grew up playing, that's what I want to play forever. So I'm, I'm happy, I'm happy that they, they are still made, which is great. Mm -hmm. Assassin's Creed is still, it's... It's even more single-player than it used to be, which is interesting. I just, I, if anything, I know Valve's really good at enabling for, uh, like, just for anything, really. Mm. They're, they're, they, they, they like to create the tools and the, source, and the resources. Oh, I see what you mean, yeah. So I would hate for them to be a stopgap or any sort of funnel like or a bottleneck, uh, or a bottleneck yeah. for something that a lot of people do want. And that would that'd be kind of sucky of them. And I, I think, I, I hope they don't just hold on to this franchise and go, oh, no, no, we'll get to, we'll get to it, and they never do. Mm. It's like, just give it to somebody. Just give it to the community. Give it to someone to make. I don't know. It'd be, it'd be nice. The, uh, the troubling part about... Well, that was weird. The troubling part about what Eric said is that... And they have every right to do this, so I'm not questioning their judgment. But the idea that Valve doesn't want any third party to add anything to the Half-Life universe beyond what they've already done. Like, the, the idea that you can, you can explore to the side, but you can't explore forward. And that's kind of a bummer. I, why can't the Valve writers just, just uh, collaborate with... Give them a Bible. Sorry? Give them a Bible. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Give them a Bible, say, here's what we had in mind, here are the do's and don'ts of this universe. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know what, give us, give, us, give us rounds of notes on your story, on the beats of your story. But, you know... You, uh, you gotta, if you love something, you gotta set it free. Like it's, good. I was just gonna say, it's also tough just because of the way things have ended, mm. which is to say, haven't ended. Oh, they have two cliffhangers? Just like stuff being so, like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Still? Like, mm -hmm. I, I don't know. Like, I don't have any closure. The episode's if actually. If closure on, on, like, even some sort of real narrative there, then they'd probably feel more better about not getting it. But I think you're right, yeah. I don't know. It's just like a. Like, people want the story to be finished, I think. They could just pull up George R. R. Martin, tell all the producers, like, this is what I wanted, and then die. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> he's gonna die. He's I not mean, dead like, yet. Yeah, no, but he will. He will die eventually. He's gonna die, well, soon, probably. He's really fat. Yeah. Oh, I mean, he is really fat and unhealthy. Yeah, but he all he has to do, he just needs to preserve enough energy to write. <laughs> you know? He writes in, like, It's not like he's too. climbing the Matterhorn. <laughs> yet. Matterhorn. He's gonna listen to this podcast and go, I could do it! Do you think I can't? Then he dies. Uh, hopefully, he, yeah. Hopefully James he kills Game of Thrones. <laughs> James <laughs> kills. That'd be fantastic. Well, yeah. I know how pissed off he gets every single time someone says that. Now I, I, I'm kind of like, yeah, fuck you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> dude, have you seen the size of the books that this dude writes? Like that he's gotten through so many in the amount of time he has That's is true. absurd. He's also wasted a lot of time on this bullshit novel that he wrote that Joel's oh, reading. Oh god, Mushroom yeah. Wine. This, uh, this. I don't know what the name of it is, but I will always call it Mushroom Joel, Wine. What's the name of that crappy? Voyaging. Okay, but imagine. All right. Is it T U F F? Listen. T -U -F. Just speaking creatively, oh. sometimes you gotta clear out your head. You gotta all, like. You mm -hmm. can't just be like, I'm gonna focus on this no, one no. thing I'm over and over. I know. I know. I'm but teasing, I, I'm, I'm teasing J R Martin. I, <laughs> he's like, oh, thanks. Um, I'm talking to everyone else who like you see complain oh, about it, and yeah. it's like, it's like, oh, God, you've done nothing creative. And I, I don't think oh. I have. I don't really wow. think I have either. It's true, but when though. it's like. 
like day after day, you're expected to do the exact same work towards this exact same task that you know is just this huge, massive beast. That's that's so imposing and impossible. And sometimes you gotta pull a J.K. Rowling and be like, I gotta shit this other thing out yeah, real yeah. quick, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I was well, say, actually, the, the perfect example is Dark Tower. Yeah, um, yeah. Like, so Stephen King, he's he's a very fascinating writer in the sense that. He will just like uh, at a English teacher who said it, it perfectly said the man farts and words come out mm -hmm. like he he he's one of the most prolific writers of our time. The problem is he felt this unnecessary pressure for Dark Tower where he was originally writing them and they were like these really like the first four are these amazing books, and then he was like and people kept asking like when's this gonna be done when's this gonna be done he's like I don't know they 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 just come to me and then yeah. he got hit by a van he's like fuck I'm gonna die yeah I need to I need to write this and so then he just kind of rushed out three books right away. And I, I thought it ended pretty cool. I thought it was cool. Yeah. Um, but I'll, like, there was some stuff in there where it's like maybe he could have used a little bit of time mm -hmm. to filter it out. Well, he um, got hit by a well, van. It also yeah. probably didn't just and come in the books. to him. He didn't have just a creative epiphany. I'm just saying, like, which generally creates some pretty amazing ideas. So it goes from his creative um, epiphany was, "What if I were in the books? Yeah, me, I, Stephen King." Spoilers. I like that stuff. Well, he's I in the books cool. in the first book. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, huh? in the Gunslinger. Yeah, when it totally references the writer sitting at his at his easel. I listen. I've only I've only read the Gunslinger, hmm. and and I don't yeah. know really anything about it, but I know that's in it. All I, all I know is like I'm. We're going to be talking about Dark Tower for a second here, yeah. so sorry for anyone who hasn't read the series. Uh, you should though; it's good. But it goes from Wizard and Glass, which they did an entire comic Actually, series. Adam, can I interrupt you on, for a second? Go ahead and do it. Just real quick, Adri. Real quick. Uh, <laughs> if you like comic books, Dark Tower is a comic book. But we're also sponsored by Comic Bento. Oh yeah. Uh, I was gonna earlier I was gonna make a jibe about shitty narratives that never end uh, if you enjoy comic books, but uh, Comic Bento contains at least $60 worth of surprise graphic novels from both the biggest creators in comics and the unsung unsung indie heroes I'm just fascinated to see like subscription box culture is blowing up And that's a weird phrase to say but the idea that you can just get a, a grab bag of comics every month is pretty cool uh, plans start as low as $17.50 a month plus shipping and handling and you've got until December 15th to sign up at ComicBento.com to get on December's theme, which is throwback. Hot. Which is why we have some old comics here. Like I said, we have the first, uh, Penny Arcade. What else did it come in here? Oh my god. Bye, Lawrence. Oh boy! Is that Captain Britain? I don't know. Yeah, it's hard because they're all the 80s suits and it's... They're rough, man, they're rough. So we got... Sonic versus Mega Man! Titans Collide! <laughs> Worlds I never thought I'd see! <laughs> merging into one! <laughs> and the Tomb Raider reboot comic, which is pretty cool. Oh. I really like the, uh, it's, it's actually, it takes place after the Yamatai thing from the first game, so... Oh, there's a dude getting kneed right in the balls. <laughs> Good job, Lyra! <laughs> anyway, uh, so you can check out pricing, unboxing videos, and details at ComicBento.com. Uh, like I said before, if, if maybe you're just getting into comics culture, or maybe the Marvel Cinematic Universe has your interest peaked, this is a pretty good way to get, uh, to get your salt, uh, basically, to get, to get a little taste of history. And then, you get a little smorgasbord, you can try all these old comics Make and see which song. ones you like. And then if you like one, you can subscribe to it digitally or something like that. You start to build out your little your little nerd shelf with all your comics on it. So, so when girls come over, what? You, no, no, you, you hide get that the right shit. one. Yeah. <laughs> you throw a sheet man. over it. Tails man. He is a Mega Man version of Tails. Is a Proto Man version of Tails? Does he eat chili dogs? Uh, I don't think the chili dogs continuity exists in this. <laughs> but you can use Oh! Knuckles man. They're, look at they're all Rose woman. Oh, Shadow man. They're all mechasonics. You can use promo code DUDESOUP, that's uh, DUDESOUP with no space, and get $5 off the price of a Comic Bento subscription at comic or www.comicbento.com. Once more, that's DUDESOUP, no space, eight characters, at uh, comicbento.com. So thank you for your sponsorship, Comic Bento. 
Thank yes. you for showing us an amazing world where Sonic characters can be Mega Mans. With or without chili dogs. <laughs> it's like an E-Tank, but it's a chili dog. Alright, so back to Dark Tower. Oh, yeah, Dark Tower. Dark Tower, Dark Tower. sorry, sorry. Oh yeah, so Wizard oh, and, and Glass is one of my favorite books. Uh, it's it's a great part of the series. Um, Which book is that? Three? That's four. Four. Okay. That's the one where it, it the entire thing's a flashback. It's about Roland's backstory. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was such a cool way of getting all of that. And they even made it into a comic series, which you could just read that. Those are really good. It's pretty freaking good. The art style is amazing. Yeah. Uh, check it out. And then it goes to Wolves of Kala, which is okay, but then you can kind of see Stephen King kind of losing his mind a little bit, where it's like, and then the Wolves of Kala came in, and they had lightsabers. Also, the snitch from Harry Potter is there. Do you get it? It's really- Do you get I, it? It's, it's weird. Slow, it's a slow book. Well, it, well the, the beginning's very It slow. ties together. The, the idea is so- Correct me it. if I'm wrong, Adam, yeah, go ahead. but the whole idea behind Dark Tower is that, is that, like, and I've heard this before from people who want to believe that they're a reincarnation of Sephiroth, but... Dark Tower spoilers coming up. Yeah. Oh, it's it's more thematic. It's not plot-related. But the idea is that in the world of Dark Tower, every creative thing actually exists in some reality, and those realities are kept separate by forces that are explained in the books. Kind of, sort of, yeah. And I then am... if you are a creator, you are a medium for that reality coming into this one. Mm -hmm. So the idea of all that shit is that the barriers between realities are starting to break down, so you have Dr. Dooms with the lightsabers riding around on yeah. horses and shit like that, so... It, it works, it worked more thematically when it was sort of like, you start seeing characters that are from the stand, yeah. that are also in there, you're like, okay, so it's, it's like the Stephen King universe, but then like, if Star Wars all of a sudden started putting like, Harry Potter shit in there, be like, wait, what? And they're like, no, it's, it makes sense, so if you think about it, <laughs> I'd rather not, it just, it got a little too jumbled together. That was sort of the problem. Um, fan fiction-y? A, a little bit, and it, it really came from the fact that, at that time, Stephen King was a big fan of Harry Potter, and he's like, I'm gonna put the snitch in here. Like, what? why? And he's like, I like that he did that. I, I like, I like that he That's kind of, that's kind of when it lost me. I think it was cool, I thought that was really neat, and I, I, I like that he tied together a bunch of, like, I'm a big fan of when movies have other movies or other television shows or other pop culture cultural references in them. I, I like because it, that feels like the real world. I that's the world we live in currently. I, I like it more when it's in the same universe, similar to like Daredevil showing oh, up sure, yeah. and then them just kind of offhandedly mentioning like, oh yeah, we're in um, Hell's Kitchen. Yeah, we're in Hell's Kitchen, and yeah. New York was destroyed because of uh, a man with a hammer. And right, you're like, yeah. oh, like if if all of a sudden they were like, oh yeah, Batman lives in Gotham, and be like, no, you, wrong universe. Like, well, you no, can't, that's not. That's not I like I like world building. Notice, I like that sort of notice stuff. they never use the names in the Marvel shows because they probably can't. They're always like, make any sense though. Why wouldn't they? <laughs> I know, right? But they're always like, they're always like a guy with a shield and a big green man. I'm like, yeah. they're, they're, they're trying. Jones, a little boy dressed as uh, Captain America. That was really cute, but There's, they never say the names. They're they're trying to like make it seem naive, yeah, like in the yeah. universe, like oh well, we're just a small piece oh, of this see. universe. Yeah. There's a whole yeah. thing, and oh yeah, well of course it's important for Captain America, but it's like, but then my other yeah, thing is like, oh, bullshit, yeah. aliens destroyed all of New York City. <laughs> bullshit, everyone yeah. fucking knows. Yeah, I was gonna say, everybody knows their names. I mean, point. like, here's a, here's a perfect example, it's a horrific one, but we know who Osama Bin Laden is, yeah. we know that name. Okay, that's true. Because he had a huge impact on the world, the world in which yeah. we live. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you don't think they'd know Captain America? And Hulk? Yeah, yeah. No, I know, I think they would mm -hmm. know. Who? Who also, they made a whole point of the first movie being a symbol of patriotism throughout the entire world war that took place then. Uh, yeah. Kind of an important it's, figure in history. It's yeah. a, I think it's, it's, a, it's a writing technique that they're doing to try and go like, uh, without well, going, even but it's look, like well, everyone I, in that I, world would go, Merp. I think it's a licensing thing. I think the, I think Netflix did not, or wasn't able to really? get the rights uh, to say Captain oh, wait, America. It's a Marvel show. I don't know about that. I do. I, 
Here's, here, well, I don't know, but it's on par. Oh, My guess is it's on par. So they've had too many chances to say the name, and they never, ever, ever do. I so know it's not a technique every time. I think it could be actually. Mm. Actually, oh. I had a writing instructor who said if you do it every time, it immediately becomes a style or a technique. I so, guess. but it's the same thing as uh, I've seen two episodes of Man in the High Tower, and High Castle. High Castle. Whatever. I said that too. A long time. Um, and I tell it's a police academy crossover. <laughs> Snitches in it, um, but uh, oh boy. Ooh, oh boy. Uh, but they they do for several things, which is like my least favorite fucking thing that hour-long television dramas do, which is false suspense. Where they have mm. a character who's like she references the accident. She's like, oh well, since the accident, uh, right? Yeah. And then you'll you'll see like a scar or something, and I'm like, so wait, we're a third person. Omniscient um, audience that can that can travel from household to household and through time and see every single thing, except we don't know what her accident was and she doesn't ever say it. Like that's bullshit. Nope. When you get into an accident, you go, "Oh, that time I crashed my bike," mm-hmm. or "Oh, that time I tripped and fell in the bathroom." Like you don't say, "Well, ever since my accident, <laughs> my tailbone has really been hurting." Yeah. Like you don't say that. It it's just not how. That's what they're doing to try and make you have a false sense of suspense for finding out what that accident is. Yeah. Even though everyone in the universe knows. That's just, it's just a shitty writing technique. Call it a hook. I really don't, it's, it is a hook. That is yeah. clickbait. <laughs> it's oh, narrative true. clickbait. It is. Um, so how would you contrast that to say what Game of Thrones does, where they don't, they don't ominously allude to things, but even though you are third person omniscient, your selective viewpoint makes it difficult to, and, and actually, Kind of plays with the difference in perception of ha- of what events happened in what order and what happened to people when you're not watching. That the selective viewpoint is entirely different from than one character falsifying ah. their perspective on something. Gotcha. And when you say my accident or people allude to an accident without just explaining what it is, that's falsifying that character's perception. Well, it's saying, not true to that character. I think Game of Thrones does it the best. Where uh, spoiler, I, I won't I won't get heavily in detailed. Oh, well, you get the character Jamie Lannister. You introduce him. They call him Kingslayer, and everyone has this sort of attitude towards him of like, oh, I see. like, oh, he's 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 only there for this reason, blah blah, and like he killed the king. Like, can you really trust the guy who kills the king? And then later he tells the story of what really happened. You were never really expecting that. Mm. It just kind of comes from a moment where this character is at his lowest, and he tells the true side of it. Where it's like, this dude's a fucking hero. Like, wow, like Kingslayer is such a such a horrible name that they gave him when when in fact he like saved the city, and it's like a Ooh. sad thing. But you, he was never like alluding to it, going like, well, you know, they only call me Kingslayer. For the wrong reasons, they goes like, "We'll talk about that later." And it's like they never did that. Except that they even even better than that, they give you someone else's perspective on those events. Yeah, your dude didn't even tell you where to go there. By the way, he didn't. didn't, didn't, I don't think he said right turn. He's dead. Um, They 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 weren't. Oh, he's a Kingslayer, and then they go, "He's a Kingslayer because of this," Mm -hmm. based off that character's perspective of the of the events, which they were which to which they were best aware. But then when you actually get the. Jamie Lannister perspective of Kim Kingslayer, it's like, well, that's a different, that's a yeah, different point of view, mm-hmm. and that that enriches both those characters because it makes them feel real in the world, yeah. as opposed to if they just said he's the Kingslayer and you go, well, why is the Kingslayer? Mm-hmm. Oh, he's the Kingslayer, and they just kept doing that and doing that and doing that until they were like, all right, we need we need something. So I don't know. That's that's a perfect. That's a good example. Like like Thank you were you. saying. It's a good example of doing it right. Yeah, which anyway. is, I mean, those are two totally. Yeah, different they're entirely versions. different. I just that was, and I don't have anything against the the police academy show. Well, but the, I, <laughs> <laughs> well, the the other thing that kind of makes me sad about this whole thing, this goes back to kind of the shared worlds and stuff. 
more than once they've already indicated that Half-Life and Portal are in the same universe. And it kind of it bums me out where I'm like, oh man, imagine a Half-Life game with a portal gun or vice versa. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh cool, you can you can combine these two worlds. And that, that makes me kind of sad that that probably won't happen. It's it's not it's not a um, it's not healing the wound. It's just a bandaid on top of it. But yeah. for me, Portal and Portal Two were sequels to Half-Life. Yeah. yeah. Like and, and again, like you said, they're they're side by side. It's not moving the story forward, so you don't world, get that though. narrative closure. But it's like it's like ah, I do feel like I am getting more of this world, which is ultimately mm-hmm. what you should want from a sequel besides closing out the narrative, which I totally understand. It's anyway. Just, it's a bummer to live in a world where I'm not really looking forward to anything from Valve. I guess Steam VR and Vive. Uh, which we got here. Yeah. Spent all yesterday uh, hooking it up. Steam sales. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, yeah. I and mean, theoretically they have, it was alluded that they have several projects in the works for VR that we don't even know about and are pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so, that's neat, but it's just, it's just weird to not have a game on deck, then I'm like, yeah, two years from now, I'm gonna play that and it's gonna be great. Now it's more like, okay, it's CSGO, which is cool. Yeah. I'll watch that on Twitch sometimes. Dota 2, which is completely beyond my my ability to play or perceive. And uh, Team Fortress 2, which people are having fun with, but again, I kind of moved on, so... Um, we, we, we do just, also live in a world of where Half-Life 4 was announced and released in the same year. I'm sorry, Half- I'm fucking... I messed Fallout, up. Fallout 4. 4, sorry. You're, you're right. Yeah, yeah. No, like, you're right. like, so... We do. We don't. We no longer live in the Bioshock Infinite world, where it's going to take five years for a game. Well, sometimes we do. Or even like Final Fantasy VII, they announce it, and then I know a lot of people are mad about the episodic thing, but it sounds like it's at least coming out next year. They didn't. I don't think they put a date on it. Which is which is. No, no. People I, are still guesstimating. And yeah. Some people if, with if it's a positive epi- outlook are like, well, if it's episodic, that means maybe we may see it someday. Yeah, and like Ground Zeroes uh, has taught me anything. Like you can play a small section of a game over and over. Yeah. And, I, I'm just I'm not, I'm not gonna be a beggar or a chooser in this situation. But you know what? If you're gonna put it out a little bit early, and that's that's fine by me. If I get just a taste, that's cool. I don't know. I I I have a, a bit of a beef with Square about that. Uh, not not. It's it's tough because they're making a, a remake of Final Fantasy VII. It looks incredible. That's all great. I just I really question the practicality of saying it's gonna be episodic without really any meaningful information about what that means. Yeah. Like, uh, so, so later, once they were like, what the hell, are, what, what does that mean? And um, they basically said, the scope of the game would be too large to release it as one giant project. Which, you know, which you can choose- they don't to, have a lot of dedicated people on it. Well, I don't know about that. I think you, you sure? can choose to believe that or not. I think, I think if like, so think about the world of Seven, and, and all the cities you go to, and all the places you visit. Mm-hmm. You, to render that in detail, with the kind of detail people are imagining in their heads, like, right. to- to make a city of Midgard, which is only one small part of the game, by the way, but it's a full city that you can walk around it w- in wherever you want, go to places you couldn't go to in Seven, because Seven, like, if I, I, you know, just I'm just kind of throwing a number out, maybe had 30 pre-rendered backgrounds that represented all of Midgard. Mm-hmm. It's and and to turn those into meticulously detailed Unreal Engine four environments that instead of being like a, a bitmap you run around on is now a fully 3D environment that you can run around, jump around on, explore. The, the orders of magnitude of, like, investment and effort into that is so much higher. So much higher. So I kind of get what they're saying when they're like, listen, this game, if we're going to make it like you want us to make it, it's going to be huge. And if we put it as one... Uh, I don't know why I burped there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and if we put it out as one game, it's going to be, like, 150 gigs and it's not going to come out for seven years. And by the time it does, parts of it will look older than other parts. Because So I get why they're like, you know what, let's just bite off a workable chunk. Right. Let's maybe just have the Midgard section be one game unto itself. 
and then Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two comes out, and then you go out into the open world to that, you know, swampy area with the big Zolan. anaconda in it. Yeah, what what was it you fight the Leviathan, and there's a dead one because Sephiroth went that way too. He stabbed it. Nice. You put it on a stick. Don't worry, um, Bruce. We lost you a long time. No, no, years <laughs> ago. Well, I like the episodic uh, conversation. Well, well, uh, I just wish that they would have. They before they said it's episodic, they should have. They should have been a little more battle ready and said yeah. it's going to be episodic. Here's what the episodes will cost. Here's exactly loosely tied to the Final Fantasy VII plot, mm. what the episodes will be, and here's roughly when we're targeting them release. I, I can I wonder, see them not wonder, putting a rough release. I wonder out, if it's, a, it's their it was their way of just getting the game out. Like yeah, typically there's always someone there's some someone championing an idea. So there's probably someone squaring to be like, we want to remake this game. Let's do it. And someone at the head is like, huh. Does anyone care? Like, Ooh. everyone who played that game was a teenager back in the 90s. Told you the other way. Now they're adults with money. Yeah, so now, well, now they're adults wrong. with money, but how many of them actually are interested? And someone goes, well, okay, here, here's another scenario. What if we make it episodic, and we can at least gauge interest, and we'll go from there, and like, okay, we can write you a check for that. And then they also re-released it yeah. uh, recently. A maybe million the, times. Yeah. Came but, out on PC, PS4, PS3, Yeah, but maybe Vita. those downloads aren't very high, as, as high as uh, we would like to think well, they are. Hmm. I mean, Maybe I think I think Lawrence is really on to something too, though. I think the guy's like, yeah, no, that'd be great. You do realize we have to remake this huge game, right? Mm -hmm. Like we have to do that. That's going to cost a lot of money. Like yeah. no matter how much the interest is there, like that's going to cost a lot of money. Mm -hmm. We don't know how much this game will cost. Basically, is the is what it's coming down to because it is so massive and it isn't just. Oh, which I'm happy about it. I'm happy about the prospect of not just getting a. Uprezzed graphics, something that someone could do in their spare time and probably has done before, like yeah. modded the game to just mm. make oh, it yeah. have those high res sprites or whatever. There are there are Final Fantasy VII PC mods. There, so it, it's really interesting because I, I got into that scene a while ago because I think like two years ago I was like I'm gonna play the Final Fantasy VII again when it kind of re-released on PC. I had to buy it through the Square Enix shop, but all of the mods. So it's interesting since it has pre-rendered backgrounds. You can't change that. Yeah, yeah. like it, it's a it's a graphic. So what people did is they rolled it into Photoshop, Ooh. ran several like sharpening filters over it, and crammed it back in the yeah, game. Yeah. So it looks bad. And then also <laughs> all the 3D models you can change because they're game asset, and you can actually just like rework them and make better models. So you have these pretty detailed high resolution 3D models running around on this ultra sharpened, really low resolution bitmap, and you're like. Oh, this just looks horrible. <laughs> well, also, also even beyond that, like. Once you get into more interesting, like, character models, those perspectives are going to get all screwed up. Yeah. Like, when you're running from a bitmap that's, yes. like, there, but then it also kind of turns up like this, the character model's going to look really dumb when it's, like, standing one way, because the perspective works when it's, like, basically a pudgy little clay clay figure. Yeah. yeah. I'm, re I'm really curious to see what it looks like, and actually how it plays, because I'm... Well, they have a gameplay trailer out for uh, it. No, I, I watched the trailer, but I'm, ah. I mean, in terms of, like... How it plays. Mm -hmm. I'm right. looking forward to actually trying it. Mm. I would like to do some sort of mm. gameplay series. Well, they, I don't think it, you're gonna like it. I mean, yeah, I might well, not, but I, I'd, I'd it, like to. It looks like show. Final Fantasy 13, which with Kingdom Hearts action fighting. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I like. I want to give it a shot. Which, okay. which I'm down for. Yeah. That's what I said when, as soon as they announced it, I was like, just don't remake it again. Give us a new experience. Give, mm -hmm. give us, give right. me a reason to play it for a third time, right? But also, I like the episodic thing because, which they probably won't do, but it would be awesome <sighs> if, sure. This first one in Midgar, that's so synonymous with the cinematic opening sequence of Final Fantasy VII, make it look like Final Fantasy XIII, or mm. you know, Final Fantasy XV, or whatever. Make it look in that style yeah, with that cyberpunk. Kind of combat. Yeah. But then when you go out into the other one, make it like a weird, like, uh, pixelated, like, farming kind of, like, do a Chocobo farm episode or something. Like, hmm. make it so that way, like, when you play all of them, 
it's all different or like give me golden saucer episode where it's all the games from Golden Saucer reimagined in new ways. So it's like, remember it had that punch fighting game that was yeah. just paper, rock, scissors? Mm-hmm. But like you'd have that or the one where you're, you know, on the motorcycle or the snowboard. All those, give me all those again, but as like new expanded things. That's the whole episode. You know, there's a cutscene taking you into Golden Saucer. All the stuff that's actually narrative uh, that takes place in Golden Saucer. Dating minigame. All mini those game? are just cutscenes, but then you get, then you just get the minigame. Yeah, dating minigame. Like, give me stuff like that. I, I want to date Barrett. Yeah, you do. They'll never do that. <laughs> but I think it'd be cool if, oh, well, episode one looks this way. Episode two is entirely different, and episode three is an anime dating sim. So, uh, I mean, you mentioned that. They they alluded to that. The, the official quote is, Final Fantasy VII Remake will be told across a multi-part series, with each entry providing its own unique experience. Ooh. And then they said specifically that, yes, the cross-dressing section from Midgard will be in there. So, yes. God bless. Uh, God, the, yes! What's his name? Don something? Is he just the Don? Isn't it Don? Not Don Flamingo. He's Punch-Out, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don, it's a good alternate yeah, fist. Yeah, he runs the Honeybee yeah, yeah. Club. Or you gotta whatever. dress up like an escort. Hmm. Get that get that perfume. Do those squats. I guess, yeah, I guess I'm kind of torn because, like, part of me, the nostalgia... Uh, buttons going off where I'm like, no, I just want to play the old experience, which I guess I could just do now. Yeah, just go home and do it. It's on yeah. any machine you play. Yeah, I mean, you can, you, I can put my old copy into a PS3, and I think it will still just play it PS1 plays games. Fine. Yeah, I mean, just get a fucking emulator for Dreamcast, and it works. <laughs> Bleem. Um, but yeah, it's stupid. Um, but then uh, the the other part of me is like, I'm like, well, maybe I, I want a new experience, like a fresh take. On something that I've already experienced, just because hey, we live in a, a world of experimentation, and we could just try weird stuff like that. And what about people uh, like me that have never played the game, and and like actually may get into the game because of this new newly? You'll play re- ten minutes and go back. Maybe to Battlefront. you think so? Yeah. I don't think I don't think episode one. From what I've just the brief clips I've seen of episode Uh-oh. one, I don't think it's gonna. I don't Uh-oh. think this is gonna be the thing that makes you go, hey, I do kind of like JRPGs. Like, come on, well, come on, it might get me into it, right, guys? I don't think I that it will. Uh, I think you should try it. Yeah, hey, I, like, I would like to try it. But I. I I think that you would more likely play the new one and then be like, like more interested in the old one. Really? Yeah. Huh. I think the other old one's more simple. There's, it's very expansive and lot to do. Like I don't know, it's weird. I think Bruce will end up doing what I did when I got really into Final Fantasy VII, and while I was waiting for eight, they re-released. I think it was like five and six or whatever. Mm-hmm. They put it on PlayStation One. I was like, oh man, I'm gonna go back and play these old Final Fantasy games, but it was Super Nintendo graphics. Mm-hmm. And I was like, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> and th- this is me, like as like a fourteen-year-old or fifteen-year-old, yeah. and and just like even those games are too dated for me. Get Bruce to play a PlayStation One game? Fuck that. I want to. Well, I, I want to do it. Maybe we do a game series. Early three D yeah. stuff is kind of adorably bad these days. Sometimes. Like, sprite stuff is easy, but the like little boxy cloud man, he's kind of mm-hmm. cute. Kind of yeah. cute. The game's also kind of weird too, where like it renders him in certain cutscenes where the characters are, like these big anime. Yeah, I was like, always characters. really confused about that. And then when you play the game, you're these tiny little right. sprites with blocky oh, hands, and I swollen arms. Yeah. <laughs> and they're always like, and they they blink sometimes, kind of cool. But when they yeah. point at stuff, they're like, yeah, good. this way. I think the window's closing on like how that stuff is cute. I, I honestly think that like. Eventually. Oh, I think the more time goes by, the cuter it gets. Oh, I I totally disagree. It's like, it's like a little I, robot that can't climb stairs. The reason I say that is because like <laughs> movies, movies get more and more dated as mm. time goes on, and eventually you're just like like you're just like oh, oh man, it's good for the time. Going back and watching Kroll, it's like. <laughs> I, that's kind of how I feel about some of the PlayStation One early 3D games that were like, we're gonna make we're gonna mess so much money, and it's gonna look like a movie. And you go back now, and it doesn't. It really doesn't. When were you watching Kroll? Uh, about a year ago. Okay, year and a half you ago. Seen Godfather? No, okay. it wasn't on Netflix at the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so if you if if you would like to look like everyone's hero, Cloud Strife, get that get that an, anime baby face. Hmm? You should consider ordering razors by mail through Harry's. 
Uh, it's cheap, convenient, and high quality, and uh, heavy handles and sharp blades make you shave like a man. Or a woman! If you're a lady who has some unwanted hair, Harry's can help you get rid of that too. Uh, Harry's will give you $5 off your first order with our exclusive code DUDE, D-U-D-E, that's harrys.com. Uh, it's actually a good gift if you have a dad or a friend. Uh, we can load you up with gifts here. You got underwears and you got razors, it's great. Uh, they even have a copper razor handle. Which is probably the manliest thing I think I've ever said out loud. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's all heavy. Oh boy, you need to say more manly things. I do. It's true. But Harry's Harry's got his, has I my back there at least. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and they uh, Harry's also offers a limited edition holiday set that includes the copper razor handle, three blades, a bottle of foaming shave gel, and a new travel bag. That's also pretty good stocking stuffer. Uh, you can even get the razor handle custom engraved to make the gift even more personal. Uh, they have some shipping deadlines for you. Uh, free shipping deadline is December 10th. Economy shipping deadline, December 18th. And the last day you can possibly order is December 22nd. So please go to harrys.com, H-A-R-R-Y-S.com, and use our code DUDE to get $5 off your first order. Thank you, Harry's, for helping us be cleanly shaven, just like our favorite anime heroes. I think I decided just now that I'm going to get my dad uh, Harry's gift, oh, that's a good gift idea. for Christmas. Yeah, it's, it's not bad. <laughs> Every dude shaves. At least write that down. <laughs> I'm editing. She's oh, busy. Sorry. Sorry. Please, please let her work. I would get my dad stuff, but every time I get my dad something he already owns, he just puts it and then keeps using the thing he already has. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what to do. I, I just you guys should have just had abusive relationships with your father like I did, so you don't have to get him anything for Christmas. Yeah, get him the Sonic Sign him up. He probably doesn't have one of these. A comic bento? Sonic the Hedgehog, yeah. Mega Man, Worlds Collide. Oh, oh yeah. you're dead. You're a dead man. No, I'm good. You like, probably have a tire, too. Here, thanks for hitting my brother. <laughs> Ooh, Adam, Adam's angling on more flowers. Uh, this, uh, this, the holidays always reminds me of the time my, my dad tried to strangle my brother and then called the cops on us. Wait, we're gonna come in tomorrow. There's gonna be like seven bouquets of flowers here. Or what's going on? What? what sounds like Simpsons. Uh, <laughs> oh no! Are just, you little? It was it was the holiday time. So as when my parents were separated, or well, they were divorced at the time, but um, my dad was forcing visitations on us as like a fu to my mom, and so we'd have to st- spend extended times at my dad's place. Oh, it's okay. I'm fine. I've I've done oh, all I this. I know you are. <laughs> you don't have to be strong um, here. But then it got to a point where. He didn't want to like hang out with us anymore, so he would make us go hang out with his like his bitch of a wife. Um, and we didn't want to hang out with her, so my brother and I just like stayed behind. And we're like, we'll just we're guys, just gonna we're gonna guys we're, were smart. We're like, we'll just pretend to be sick. Yeah, we'll just lay in bed. And then so then uh, his wife called my dad. and She's like, they're being assholes. They won't leave. And so he comes in. He's like, you're making our lives really hard. I'm like, fuck you. You're forcing us to be here. Exactly. <laughs> like you're you're being a dick. And then uh, so they started taking all our stuff out of the room. I may have told the story before. I don't remember. But uh, either way, at one point, they took my prescription glasses, and my little brother, bless his heart, jumps out of bed and tries to grab my glasses back from my dad, and my dad grabs him by the chest and throws him against a wall. And then he calls the cops and says, my brother attacked him. And he's, that's when the cops came, picked us up, and then we never had to see him again. Well, there you, I, I think that's Merry probably, Christmas, everybody! A valid reason, I think. So yeah. I feel like we're in a, like, gremlin sequel. <laughs> was he dressed in any sort of costuming at the time? Was Phoebe Cates there? It would have made the story far more entertaining, but no. <laughs> were un- unfortunately, no. Was he 80s dad? Was he wearing, like, a sport coat and a tie with, like, bouffanted hair? My, my dad was weird because he was in the military. Like, a lot of my family's in the military. Um, <laughs> my dad was in the Navy, I believe, went to the Marines, one of those. He was in Desert Storm. Regardless, ooh, there you go. Um, uh, he then was discharged after being in the military for so long, after being, like, a writer for, like, the local hospital. They did, like, an internal newspaper, newsletter thing. Um, and then he started doing stocks. It was weird. Hmm. Like, he got his, he just, like, I guess that sort of thing when you're out of the military, he's like, well, I don't know what to do. So he became like a financial investor guy. It was weird. So yeah, it kind of did become like 80s dad at some point. 
strange. These are all things I did not know. Do you want to spend Christmas with me? I might, actually. Okay. I'm a little sick of family. Uh, uh, one, one quick thing before I forget. This is completely unrelated to Adam's tragic life. But, yeah, it's fine. Um, with Overwatch beta going down, yeah, oh, there's I no bigger thinking, tragedy than Overwatch <laughs> going away. Well, I was thinking about horrific, <laughs> horrific life events, and oh this is God. mine. Yeah, so, sure. Um, <laughs> wow. Life's good for James yeah, Wells. But uh, I was like, no, it's oh, not Overwatch thinking, going away. I was thinking the other night, I was like, maybe we should play Team Fortress too. It's not a bad idea. I don't think it'll scratch the itch. Yeah, and Team Fortress is a. It's, I think it's HTC Vive compatible. It's rough so now. One of us will play the Vive. <laughs> virtual reality. If you jump into TF2, you're going up against the old guard yep. all the time, and they Fine, have a I million guns and a lot of hats, and you have n you will have no idea what's can going I on. Gorilla <laughs> doesn't work no. that way. You can be a heavy. He's a heavy. Oh, thanks. He's Russian. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Maybe we'll play Team Fortress. Forget it. So yeah, Forget uh, James. It was a high and a low week for James this week because not only not only was Psychonauts two announced, or rather, the opportunity to give it money to be real was announced, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but also he learned he'd be losing Overwatch for about a month. Oh. Ouch. Well, the Overwatch came first. The Overwatch news, I believe, came oh, first. So then you're on the high now. And then Psychonauts came mm. afterwards. Yeah. So I listen. I'm not gonna lift, look a gift Psychonauts in the mouth. Yeah. You shouldn't, because they don't have teeth. Just one mm -hmm. giant thing. Uh, Psychonauts 2, though, is really interesting, so it's it's being funded through FIG, which, unlike Kickstarter, actually does make you an investor. So how does uh, it make you an no, investor? No, 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 no. You, if you choose to be an investor. Yeah, sure, you can just you give can it money. Just do so I want to know, I wanna know the sure. percentage oh, look, yeah, of Kickstarter. I got, the, I got the quote right here for you. Uh, you will be investing in our subsidiary, FIG Publishing Incorporated, which will co-publish Psychonauts 2 with Double Fine. This arrangement allows you to share in the sales of this game on all platforms through your investment oh, in our we didn't say anything, you idiot. <laughs> in our quote series grassland preferred stock which is tied to the distribution rights for the life of the game wow uh i don't know the exact like uh return rates yeah, but i don't know the percentage you but can, so there's a little calculator there is a calculator on the fig website yeah so uh so um, at a 500 dollars investment uh at 21 dollars per unit the break-even for you, which is when your investment will earn back $500, is 693,638 units. Got it. At? At $21 a so unit. So, $21 yes. a unit. Yes. So, um. now, everyone thinks, that's easy. Especially when the site tells you that Psychonauts got 1.7 million units lifetime sales. Mm -hmm. But that's about over about a decade. At retail, Steam at its sales. initial launch, yeah. Psychonauts sold 474,845 units. Mm -hmm. Now, 1.2 million units were sold after that, after it hit PC and digital distribution, but over half of those units, 700,000 and change, came from Humble Bundle. Which, uh, if you're not familiar with Humber, Humble Bundle, Humble Bumble, it lets you Burger. buy about seven games for $2. Yeah. And the revenue is split between all of those games and a charity. So, I'm curious, I'll ask James, uh, how much money have you invested in this? I haven't invested a dime in the game. Oh, really? Psych just, Psychonauts just, fan number I, one, I, not I giving it any money. No, oh, you donated. Okay, I donated. I donated. Okay. Well, you're, you're, I donated money to the game. You're essentially pre-ordering the game. I'm pre-ordering it and yeah. getting absolutely as much Psychonauts merch as I can justifiably afford in right. the process because, you know, every... Every different level of perk comes with different kinds of merch that some of it is exclusive to this. Yeah. So I was like, I don't, well, one, I don't want to become an investor in this. Really? Why? I, because I don't want to have a stake in this game. Yeah. Um, hmm. The Gamer Gators one, will get after you. What, like, number one, I don't, want to, I don't want to have to wish for it to succeed. I want to be able to play it and enjoy it, right? Number two, Lawrence accurately pointed out that, like, I am a cheerleader for Psychonauts 1. And that would be a lot more complex. I would, it would be a lot hard for me to just to say, trust me, I'm doing this genuinely. Oh, sure, sure. If, if I had money in the game yeah. and I was trying to get money out of it, right. you know? 
And so I don't want that to be the case. So I did not invest in it, but I did I did donate, God. which is what it is. Imagine, You're imagine giving a that donation world. to something. Imagine that world though, where like things were going wrong in Psychonauts 2 and people were going after you. Yeah, I and mean, it like, seems what, feasible, right? Why, why isn't the game running on my laptop, James Wilms? You're like, I didn't fucking make it. They're like, yeah, but yeah. you're an investor. It says right there. And you're like, yeah. God damn it. You're an investor, not a developer. Yeah, that's actually really smart of you to separate yourself from um, the entertainment so that you I, like. I don't want that. I, I do appreciate that Fig is trying to do that. Um, I think it's really cool. I think it's cool. To be honest with you. I, um, I think because, that's really neat. Because, I th like, Psychonauts is kind of a big $3.3 .3 million just to get started. Because yeah. the, the To be able to seek video, funding from something else. The campaign video is like, we're putting double fines, putting up some money. We need three point three million dollars, so that way we can go. They actually say so we can like go and get other financiers mm -hmm. to contribute, and mm -hmm. so like they're pretty open about the fact that it's not. It doesn't cost three point three million dollars to make this game. Game development's kind of complicated. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think like it's a really good thing for like smaller games. Like there's a game Chroma Squad that oh, I yeah. kickstarted like years ago, and then has come out. You know, not too recently but has come out and that's a smaller game that's a game that makes sense that like if the the cost of it is 99 cents doesn't blow everything up you know if the game costs five hundred thousand dollars because some indie dev just wants to make this game that's simple and not complex and not a 3d platformer with crazy writers and crazy talent on board then sure maybe that's a good investment but i don't know that investing in i don't think psychonauts 2 is a triple A game, I, I, but I, I like... Gotta, I gotta be honest, I think that it's, it, like, this is probably one of the smartest moves that I've seen any game developer make, and I, I really think that it's just a neat a neat thing for everybody to take part, like I almost want to give them money as an investor just just to see what happens. Yeah. And like, the way I the way I look at Kickstarters and Indiegogos, and it, honestly even this fig thing, I'm throwing my money away. Yeah, So yeah. if I give them $100, I don't ever expect to see $100. And mm -hmm. the, yeah, the same yeah. with I, when I play fantasy football. I put fifty dollars yeah. in. I don't ever expect to see it's that gambling. money back. Yeah. It's like gambling, right? You have yeah. to yeah. you have to be able to imagine the money gone. Well, I, I recently uh, invested in a company that I had some stock in, <laughs> and I I'm fully aware that money's probably just going to burn. I, I could use this kindling, right? Like probably it, it could just go away. But like that's the thing. I've never bet big in Vegas, and I was like, well, you know, I put a lot of time into this one place, and I got a lot of stock out of it. So, and that's that was the. The acceptance speech I had to make in my head of mm -hmm. like I have to be okay with this yeah. that there's a chance I'll never see this money again. Right, this and is, that's okay. This is the literal concept behind the rich get richer. This yeah. is the, one of the easiest ways for rich people to get even richer is because they're like, yeah, I do have enough money that I can say put a million dollars in this yep. because if it pays off, if it mm -hmm. pays off, then and even if that's like thirty percent chance that it'll pay off, then you're gonna make a shit ton of money. Like, you're going to make a shit ton of money in an instant, mm. but if it doesn't pay off, then you're okay. You're at a million. You still got you still got a hundred more or whatever, you know? Well, that's why I like Psychonauts, too, because this is on a much smaller scale, and I feel like this game does the, have the potential to make its money back. I feel like it does. I mean, like, maybe over time. Yeah. But, but I, I mean, like, I don't necessarily, like, here's, here's the thing. I'm really curious to find out what Shenmue does. When Shenmue comes out, I'm really curious to see hmm. how had much it had a strong uh, showing at PSX this weekend. <laughs> um, did it wait? <laughs> no, it wasn't, wasn't there at all. Right? It wasn't no, there. It's yeah. they, what are they going to show? They, no, Yo Suzuki has already released like diaries and stuff. Yeah, he's I mean, like, I saw. He's like, we're just we have all. Today the, I met a boy. He's like, we have acquired all the assets that we pre-made. Spent eight hours buying figures. They pre-made a ton of assets for the game, and then <laughs> he's like, but now what we're doing is because I think they're building it in Unreal. 
or something. I have no idea. They're building it in some new game engine that they didn't use before, and now they're like, okay, we're testing out the game engine to mm. see what we can actually do with it. So I'm sure he has a narrative and he has the assets, but they don't have a game. Either way, I think it's really cool, um, and I think this is like, uh, you know, actually Psychonauts, sort of a, not Shenmue. Psychonauts. I think yeah. I think it's sort of a watershed moment um, for crowdfunding. I think so too. Um, and I really hope that this is what will happen in the future because a lot of people, like we've talked about a number of times with Kickstarter, people throw their money at it and then it doesn't succeed and they're like, well, I don't understand. I, why don't I get any money? They're like, well, the well now you, you can. Yeah, so, like, like with Oculus. Mm -hmm. Like, oh. of course you don't get any fucking money. So, it's like not your company. He, also, a lot of people have been messaging me and saying like, oh, are you worried? Like, what if it sucks? <laughs> and, and my response to that is, it's not going to make Psychonauts 1 any right. worse, yeah. right? I've been paying for Psychonauts 1 since I played it, because when I played it, I was like, this game was so awesome that the $60 that I paid for it, because I bought my copy new on Xbox, $60 that I paid for it wasn't enough. And so Brutal Legend came out. I played Brutal Legend, bought that for $60, didn't think that was a fully complete game. It felt like it kind of ended right, at, right as the third act was starting. But I, I, was, I wasn't like, I'm pissed off, because I was like, well, I'm paying for Psychonauts again. And then Psychonauts came out on PC, and I bought it again. And I paid for Psychonauts again. And then there was a Humble Bundle, and I bought it, even though I already had Psychonauts, and I was like, I'm paying for it again. I bought Costume Quest. I'm continually paying for this game. <laughs> like, it's it's spools dollar dollar an hour. Right. Oh, and I haven't played I haven't played that many hours of Psychonauts to do it, but I'm, I'm like, this game means a lot to me, and so I'm going to donate into my appreciation of it. I, I will be honest. Uh, I, I did, I told you this, James before, mm -hmm. but like I started playing Psychonauts back on Xbox, and I just couldn't get into it for some reason. Yeah. Now that there is an idea of Psychonauts two happening, I kind of want to go back and play Psychonauts one. Do it just to see what happens. Yeah. I don't know. Why not? Why I'm not? Play it again. I've heard, Why not? I've heard nothing but good things, and yeah, you know, James seems like a cool guy. I think he he, he has good recommendations. Thanks. Well, if you're looking for something to play that <laughs> isn't Psychonauts, uh, we uh, this podcast is also sponsored by Clash of Kings. Are you ready to join? Thousands of other clans in a war to control kingdoms. Conquer kingdoms and villages in Clash of Kings, Last Empire, a new RTS RPG multiplayer war game that pits your army against friends and enemies all over the world in a battle for towns and cities. Do you have what it takes to stand amongst lords and lead your army? Are you ready to stand as your town's leader? Start building your empire and lead your army into epic multiplayer strategy battles today in Clash of Kings, Last Empire. Available on the iTunes App Store and Google Play. Download Clash of Kings now and find out. There you okay, have. there we go. There you go. <laughs> I like that. The, I like that they had the word clans in the very first sentence. You, you made a really good lot of alliteration. <laughs> you made a really good point about psychonauts because I just gave uh, money to the Mystery Science Theater three thousand Kickstarter, ah. which is doing really well. By and the way, it's doing really well. Yeah. And uh, it was one of those things that the more I've what the swallowing oh, it, you got to be joking. Swoosh, swoosh. Um, the more that I've seen about it, the more I'm like, oh man, I hope it's good. But I gave it money because I spent a lot of my like teenage years and college years. Watching the show and it influenced uh, like my comedy and honestly Funhouse's comedy. I, I was yeah. gonna say so, I, th I feel like I have a career because of Mystery Science Theater. Right, so, so that's you. why I gave it money. You yeah. know, like that was that was one of the reasons why. Um, well, one of the <laughs> one of the reasons why I gave it money is because not because I'm looking forward to seeing. Although I am looking forward to seeing new Mystery Science Theater, but it's more about like this was a huge contributor. And honestly, that's why I'm gonna go see Star Wars a fuckload of times. Yeah, you know, because I like honest, Star Wars is a big deal to me and it always has been. So. Yeah. It, it's helped me through a lot of difficult times, well, and like I've always well, loved it. When that new trailer came out, we're all watching in our hotel room, like a bunch of cool guys. Um, <laughs> I remember Bruce bought four tickets. Yeah, like yeah, I I did. No, he, I ended up buying he, he had two, he, four six. I ended yeah, up yeah. He six. bought he bought two for three individual showtimes. Were they all on the same night? 
Uh, no, I bought okay. two for one night. Two for Thursday and one for, and another another one for Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that that uh, another thing people have said is um like they were really surprised that I was like excited and like happy Why? about like it, and they're like James normally hates games. Oh. Just to be clear, like he said, Mystery Science Theater. I love video games. Yeah. Just like they love movies, which is why they rip into them <laughs> so much. Like, if you think that the guys at the Mystery Science Theater watch these movies, criti- like study these movies and choose to use movies as the medium through which to do all their comedy, mm-hmm. means that they don't like movies or love or have an appreciation for those shitty old things, then you're missing the point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think you can continue to pay into something long after it's already influenced you and you've gotten what you want out of it. Yeah. It's not a just it's not a succubus type relationship here. I was gonna say too, and we also get the Woo! best of both worlds where now we have Mission Science Theater Rally. coming back in the type of show that it was. Mm-hmm. And then Rift Tracks has existed for a long time. I was just huh. at uh Lawrence's place where we're watching the wizard Rift Tracks, and it's as good, yeah. if not better, than like Mystery Science Theater yeah. was back in the heyday. The only thing it needed, and I, I've always said this, oh, it, just, it just needs a silhouette. Yeah, That's all it needs. It just needs a little... You just get little, a sticker. I know, but I want it to move. Yeah. I, I always... Just, Some of the silhouette jokes were my favorite. <sighs> Joel would do that a lot, where he'd get up and like... Point mm-hmm. itself, yeah, yeah. Some big nipples. Yeah. There, was, there was one episode where one of the mics gets like switched out, and he's uh, it's like a different alternate universe of him where he's a cool guy. Oh, yeah. And he just stands in the corner drinking a beer, and I was like, that's funny. That's, that's dumb, because it's also a part of the movie that's really slow. And so it's just like they kind of have some sort of visual gag there. I, was, I said that for years. Like Netflix should have a Mystery Science Theater button. Oh, like yeah. Overlay? yeah, yeah, and it just does the overlay and it does a it does a commentary track. That but way they connect. Don't actually, ah, well, that way they don't have to license the movies. Yeah, it's just director's ah. commentary laid over, and it's just a Mystery Science Theater button you press. Huh. God, it would be amazing. An idea, man. Netflix, I am an idea, man. If you're listening, Whoa. why? How did you well, get to this point? Well, th- already. Well, <laughs> I'd say this. Uh, chances are. They've already thought about doing it, and they tried to do it, and there was some legal problem that hit it. Because I've yeah. done that a few times where I've had this great idea. I'm like, why don't you do this? And I'm like, we did try it. I'm like, yeah, yeah. but did you try it again? Yeah. <laughs> did you try it again? The, yeah. One of the last things I'm interested in, in regards to Psychonauts 2, is I really, really hope that maybe it makes it a little more transparent how hard it is to turn money on games. Especially, so, if, if you are really mad about how expensive games are, I'm sorry. Because this is probably going to upset you, but... Most people, especially PC gamers, God bless you, don't do not buy games at sixty dollars anymore. So in fact, they're actually getting cheaper, and they're probably cheaper than they've ever been. So, given that given that uh, most of Psychonauts, Psychonaut One's sales came well after it had moved out of MSRP and was selling for like five dollars a piece, mm-hmm. just for fun, I was like, hey, what if every copy of Psychonauts Two sells for five dollars? How long? How many units would you have to bu- would have to sell for you to make your five hundred dollars back? 2.9 million, and Psychonauts 1 never even got close to that. It So, if it's you add in... sales, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, if you... It's tough, because... It's very it's very confusing, and, and people, people like... like w- there was a lot of eye-rolling. I remember when Square was like, Tomb Raider's still pretty good, but we didn't really make any money off of it, and people were like, but it sold 4 million units! Yeah! But not all of those were at sixty dollars, mm-hmm. and that's that's what's really confusing. Is is unit sales will spike, and people will point to that saying, "Look, PC is really healthy. Look at all these people that bought this game, but they all picked it up for half price. They bought a, a stolen key off CDKeys.com or something like that, and that's less money that goes to the developers yeah. by by a large margin. So, I really hope that this process will put some actual data out there to show it's actually really difficult mm-hmm. given the current environment and what gamers are willing to spend. To actually turn money on anything. Also, when the game sells for a dollar on Steam, yeah. um, 
Val, was it a, yeah, Val, Val, Val fix, gets yeah. 30%, 40%. Like oh, my nice windshield. Broken. Oh, fix that um, problem. We gotta, we gotta stop. We gotta stop. That's it. Know. Dang it. That's the end of the podcast. Oh. Uh, yeah, we'll see you guys at Dude Soup this Friday. Dude Soup Live. Yeah, we will. Um, yes, we will. Where we'll be uh, slightly more intoxicated. Hopefully. <laughs> slightly? And fingers crossed. Marquee, right look now. for us on the marquee. Take a picture of Marquee, Marquee. <laughs> <laughs> this is weird. Last time we were there, Judd Apatow was outside and was like, oh, he's oh, yeah. rich. That's right. He was? Yeah, Joel Rubin. Yeah, he's rich. Yeah, Joel Rubin was, was talking oh, to him about a screenplay. Was oh, he? Yeah. No, he wasn't. He's like, he's I got an idea for a really long screenplay that isn't funny. Do you want to make it as a comedy? <laughs> Jesus. Wow, good Apatow burn. Uh, or Joel, Joel burn. burn. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> wait until we're in the venue. And it's called it. How I Met Your Mother. He's like, that show already existed and it's oh, off the air. It's a movie. Yeah. But what if I was in it? <laughs> you can stop it. I just got to finish this race, Bruce. <laughs> finish it. Finish that race. What if I were the star? Dirt's pretty good. Yeah, it is fun. Yeah, drives well.